tonight, if you will, please, and turn to the book of Galatians. Once again, the book of Galatians. I am glad that the Lord led us to break this up into two different messages. And I'm going to tell you, man, if nobody else got a blessing this morning, man, I got blessed this morning. I'm thankful for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I'm glad he hasn't given up on me. And uh, boy, what a great service this morning. And I think some folks got some help. And we thank the Lord and we praise the Lord for that. Galatians chapter 4, when you find your places, if you're able to stand, let's stand out of respect for the reading of the Word of God. We're going to read the same scripture we read this morning. And then if you'll give me just a moment, I'm going to review uh, just a, a few moments, especially for those who maybe weren't in the service this morning. And then we'll get into some brand new material tonight. Now, my longest, longest point was my first point, which is what I gave you this morning. And all the other points are short, shorter, and so we'll try not to keep you long tonight. Galatians chapter 4 in your Bibles, and you sound so good doing responsive reading. I think we're going to try that again tonight. Uh, Proverbs, I'm sorry, Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 12. I'll read verse 12 and then you read verse 13 and then so on. All right, verse 12. Brethren, Paul said, I beseech you, be as I am. For I am as ye are, ye have not injured me at all. Verse 13 together, ready? Ye know how through infirmity of the flesh I preached the gospel unto you at the first. And my temptation which was in my flesh ye despised not nor rejected. By the way, we talked about that this morning. Now Paul had a, uh, evidently had some type of a, an affliction, a disease. Could have been his thorn in the flesh. We're not sure. But he had... Evidently, he had some type of a very serious eye disease. That's what he's talking about there. And my temptation, which was in my flesh, he said, uh, wasn't very pretty, but you despised it not, he said, nor rejected, uh, but received me as an angel. That word angel often is the idea of a messenger, but received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus, he said. Verse 15, Ready? Where is then the blessedness ye spake of? For I bear your record that if it had been possible, ye would have plucked out your own eyes and have given them to me. That's what he's talking about there. He said in verse 16, Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Verse 17, They zealously affect you, but not well. Yea, they would exclude you that ye might affect them. But it is good to be zealously affected always in a good thing. And not only when I am present with you. And we're going to finish together on verse 19. Ready? My little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. And it's, it's just a blessing to see you in the Lord's house. We've had a good day today. We knew a lot of our folk were going to be away today. They came and, and told us. And so we knew quite a few of our folks were going to be away on vacation, and, uh, but I'm just excited about what's going on today all, all over the place. Things are happening. You pray for Brother Zach and Miss Amber, and uh, they, uh, Brother Zach, they, they got through the service and everything, but Brother Zach's still having a pretty difficult time tonight, but they're going to be baptizing four converts in the ocean tonight. And I told him, I said, man, you be sure you take some videos of that. One of those little ladies we, we really have a kindred spirit with, Miss Gigi. And um, literally, lives are being changed. He's going to baptize a fellow that just came out of the Mormon church and has gotten saved, just completed discipleship in their church. And uh, they're going to baptize him in the Pacific Ocean tonight. 
And, uh, and so anyway, maybe he'll take some videos. Maybe we can see some of that when he gets here. But anyway, it's exciting to see what is, what's going on across, across the world tonight. I want to talk to you a little bit about that subject. Where is your blessedness? And so let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Father, thank you so much for the privilege to be back at Calvary Baptist Church this evening. And Lord, I pray that you'll bless our time together tonight. Lord, our discussion, I pray that it'll be interesting, but I pray it'll be helpful to your people. Uh, Lord, if we don't help somebody, what's the use in being here tonight? Now, Lord, also, and most of all, we want it to glorify you. We want it to be well-pleasing in your sight. And so, Lord, I pray that you would come tonight. Lord, I pray that you'd baptize us with your spirit, and not just the preacher, but, Lord, the people. And I pray that, God, you'd uh, give us hearing ears, understanding ears. Lord, I thank you so much for the fire that you gave us this morning. And Lord, I pray you'd give it tonight. And I know tonight, Lord, our bodies are a little weary, and uh, we're going to have to really listen on purpose And I'm going to have to preach on purpose tonight, but I'm going to do that. By the grace of God, I'm going to give it 110% tonight. And so, Lord, I pray that you'll you'll help us tonight. And I pray that corporately, I pray that we'll worship you. And I pray all that's done would would please you and honor you. And, Lord, I pray for those that are lost and undone without Christ. Lord, there were a number of hands that were raised this morning. And I pray that, God, you'll continue to save the lost at Calvary Baptist Church Revive the saints, edify the saints. Help us today, please, Father. And uh, we thank you and praise you for all that you do. For we ask these things in Jesus' precious name and for his sake. And all God's people said, amen. So give me just a moment to review if I could. Verse 15 is our text tonight. Notice there, if you will, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 4, verse number 15, where is then the blessedness ye spake of? For I bear your record that if, I, that if it had been possible, ye would have plucked out your own eyes and have given them to me. And I want to focus on that word blessedness once again tonight. We said the word blessedness in verse number 15 means to utter a declaration of blessedness upon one. The root word of blessedness, of course, is the word blessed, blessed. And it simply means happiness. But we also said this morning that it implies that the word can be used as an interjection. And it means this, how happy, with an exclamation point. In other words, Paul was saying to the church of Galatia, there was a time when you were so blessed. There was a time when you were so happy. That's what he's saying. There was a time when you were happy, and Paul said, and how happy, how happy. Oh, he said, you were so blessed. In fact, he said, you were so blessed that you, you, you couldn't contain yourself. He said, you were so excited that you had to share it. You were so excited that you had to speak about it. Notice what he says in verse number 15. Where is then that blessedness that he said you spake of? And we mentioned this morning that they were underneath the spout where the glory comes out and they were uh, telling others about it and they were witnessing and they were sharing it. Paul comes to the church of Galatia or the churches of Galatia here in Galatians chapter four and he's asking a very pointed question. He says to these Christians, where's it at? What happened to it? What happened to your joy? What happened to that excitement? What happened to that fire? What happened to that that blessedness that, that you used to have? Brother David 
and I were having this conversation earlier this week and not in a, not in a critical way. But we were, we were reminiscing and we were uh, remembering a fellow that used to attend this church, used to sit, uh, at least down here at the old building, used to sit in the pews and he came and got saved. I remember leading him to the Lord right out, right out in the backyard of the church there and he got saved and man, he got plugged in and I mean, just got filled up. I mean, just got filled with the joy of the Lord. He was a blessing to be around. And, uh, and we, were, we were talking about this story this week. I, I remember he was, so, he was so excited about what the Lord was doing. I remember him coming to us, and this is what he said. He said, preacher, and he mentioned this to Brother David as well. He said, if y'all ever see me getting away from the things of the Lord, I'm just telling you what he said. He said, I want you to find a board. And he said, I want you to take a board to me. He said, if you ever see me getting away from the things of the Lord. Now, the uh, truth of the matter is, he strayed and he wondered and he lost that blessedness. He lost that joy. He lost that happiness. That's what I want to talk to you a little bit about tonight. What was it tonight that, that caused the Galatians to lose their blessedness? Well, number one, we talked about this. First of all, we see a willful turning away from doctrine. I'll just give you the verses and then we'll go right to the next verse. Look at Galatians chapter four and verse number nine. Notice what the apostle Paul says in verse number nine. He said, but now, but now, boy, thinking about what you used to be, you used to be so plugged in. That's what Paul is saying. But now, he said, after that ye have known God or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements Whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage. We noticed verse number 16 this morning. Paul said, am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth. And we see here that Paul was exposing these Galatian people to the truth. But we notice here that they had become offended because Paul was preaching to them the truth. And when they begin to turn away from doctrine, they begin to turn away from church, they begin to turn away from biblical teaching and biblical instruction, you know what happened? They begin to lose their joy. By the way, that always happens. Whenever you purposely and consciously turn away from the word of God, especially, listen church, especially after, especially after you've been, uh, you, you have been brought up on that. Now, you understand that uh, Brother Zach's pastoring out in Los Angeles, California, and, and, uh, and, and, and there are people out there, and this is the truth, I'm, I'm, not, I'm telling you the truth. There are people out there in Los Angeles, when you go on door-to-door visitation and visit, and you say, we'd like to invite you to Haven Baptist Church, there are people out there that say, Baptist. What is that? What is a Baptist? You can mention words that we would talk about around Calvary Baptist Church, and they wouldn't have a clue. By the way, it's not they're dumb. They're, uh, they're some of the most educated people in the world, but they're, as far as spiritual issues are concerned, they are, they're ignorant. And I don't mean that in a, in a derogatory uh, way, but they're just ignorant of the gospel and they're ignorant uh, of, of the word of God. And, uh, and so we understand that there is uh, uh, at least the further west you go, there is uh, uh, ignorance. But we, can, we don't have that excuse as much in the South. It's not ignorance. It's apostasy. We've heard it. We've got churches pretty much on every corner. 
I'm not saying they're all good, but we've got churches on every corner and we've heard the gospel and we've heard biblical teaching and we've heard, we've received biblical instruction and, and sadly many have turned away from that doctrine and in turning away from that doctrine, it has robbed them of their blessedness. It's robbed them of their joy. Let's go further quickly tonight. Not only a willful turning away from doctrine, but how about this? Number two, we see some very wrong associations. You say, Pastor, what was it that robbed these Galatians of their joy? There used to be a time when they were so excited. There used to be a time when they were so happy. There used to be a time when they were full of joy. And, uh, and all of a sudden, they've lost this joy. They've lost this excitement about the things of the Lord. And someone says, preacher, what was it? Well, number two, it was some very wrong associations. Now, I want you to take all, all this is right here spelled out for us in the book of Galatians. I want you to look at Galatians chapter four and verse number 17. And in verse number 17, we want to notice three specific pronouns. Galatians chapter four, verse number 17, the first pronoun is the first word. The Bible says, what is it? They. they. Paul said to these Galatian people, they zealously affect you, but not well. He said, yea, what's the next word? They. they. Would exclude you that ye might affect, what's the last one? Them. And so we notice here that there were some very wrong associations that were going on. These were folk that were trying to pull them back under the law. They were people that were trying to feed them false doctrine and false teaching and compromise and all these kind of things. And the apostle Paul comes on the scene and he writes this letter to the Galatian people and he says, listen, uh, let me tell you why you've lost your joy. Let me tell you why you've lost your blessedness. He said, because of some wrong associations. In fact, look in your Bibles, if you will, Galatians chapter 5, and look at verse number 7 tonight. Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 7. I've always been fascinated by this verse. Galatians 5 verse 7, Paul said this to the Galatian people. He said, ye did run well. <laughs> In other words, there was a time, man, you were doing great. He said, ye did run well. Notice what he says. Who did hinder you? that you should not obey the truth. Did you know, Calvary, that it wasn't a what that hurt the church of Galatia? It was a who. It was not a what, but it was a who. They lost their blessedness as a result of a who. They lost their blessedness because of a person. They begin to hang around the wrong kind of people. They begin to listen to the wrong kind of preaching. They begin to listen to the wrong kind of teaching. They begin to hang around the wrong kind of people. And because of that, it robbed them of their blessedness. Now, I want to say something tonight. Did you know it's important that you and I, that we ask ourselves a question? And the question is this, what do I want to accomplish with my life? Don't answer out loud, but think about that a moment. What is it that you want to accomplish with your life? You say, well, Pastor Ryan, I'd like to make some money. I'd like to have a nice house. I'd like to drive a nice car. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. But, but uh, how about when you meet the Lord? How, how are things going to be when you stand before God? And we all will one day. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. 
Uh, we'll all meet that appointment one of these days when we stand before the Lord. And when you stand before the Lord, will you have accomplished anything for the cause of Jesus Christ? And so what do I want to accomplish with my life? And when you determine that answer, then that's the crowd you've got to hang around. It's imperative that we hang around the right kind of people. That we hang around uh, people that love the Word of God, people that, 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 that spend time in prayer, people that have a heart for the church and a passion for the things of God and, and folks that are in love with Jesus Christ. And listen, I'm not trying to you know, be harsh or pick on anybody tonight, but I'm just telling you that if you're here tonight and you say, preacher, I want to be a good Christian person. I want to be upstanding. I want to be moral. I want to have a good testimony. And and, uh, I really do want to make a a difference for the cause of Jesus Christ. But you know what? I'm going to run with the loose crowd and the immoral crowd and the dirty crowd and, and the dirty joke telling crowd and the cursing crowd and the blaspheming crowd and the drinking crowd and the doping crowd. I'm just telling you that you and I we will be what we hang around. We will, we will. Listen, you take the best person, put them in the, in the most terrible situation too many times, and that environment is going to have an effect on them. Listen to what 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 33 says. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Hey, kids, let me help you tonight. I love you tonight. I really do. As your pastor, I love you. But let me help you tonight. You're not going to run around the dope-smoking crowd and the the, the Jim Beam drinking crowd and the Jack Daniels crowd. You're not going to run around that crowd that's that's messing around immorally and rebellious against their parents and and hates God and doesn't like the Bible. You're not going to run around that crowd and love Jesus and love church and love the things of God I'm telling you, if you lay down with dogs, you're going to get up with fleas and and you never jump in the swimming pool or make the swimming pool dry. Every time you jump in the swimming pool, it always makes you wet and you never jump in in the middle of the wrong crowd and make the wrong crowd good. Every time you jump in the middle of the wrong crowd and hobnob with them and run with them, guess what's going to happen? They are going to have an effect on you. And you don't have to take my word for that. You can take God's word for it. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Listen to Proverbs 27 and verse number 17. The Bible says, iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Iron sharpeneth iron. Daddy used to cut meat. We, we, we slaughtered our own beef and pig and porks and all, pork and all that kind of stuff. And, and daddy... I knew how to, he knew how to quarter them and cut them up and, and all that kind of thing. And I've seen dad many a time with a, a meat cut knife and, and a, a sharpener. And man, he's just going to town sharpening that night. Iron sharpeneth iron. And you hang around the wrong crowd. Iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. 
I, listen, I, I'm preaching this in love tonight. I really am. But I, I, I'm just telling you that if you hang around that crowd that, that's always doing the LSD and always doing crack and, and always doing drugs, uh, you know what? Eventually, probably what's going to happen is you're going to give way to that. You're going to get involved with that. Uh, and so it's very, very important that we hang around the right kind of crowd. Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not endorsing that you be unkind. I'm not endorsing that you be a snob. We don't preach that at Calvary. Never have preached that at Calvary, by the way. You be nice and kind to everybody. Everybody. Man, when you meet people on the street, show them, show them respect. And when you see folks, speak to them. This ought to be the nicest church anywhere in North Carolina. Amen. And we won't be satisfied with any, anything less than that. This ought to be, listen, and I love it when folks come here and they say, I've never been welcomed anywhere like I've received a welcome at Calvary Baptist Church. Nobody ever treated me like uh, Calvary Baptist Church treats me. That's the way I want this church to stand and to stay. Everybody's welcome at Calvary Baptist Church. And we love everybody. We love all of Union Grove and Harmony and Statesville and all of, we love them all. But I'm just telling you this, you be kind to everybody, but that don't mean you gotta hang around everybody. Wrong associations. What was it that stole their joy? What was it that took their blessedness away? Number one, a will for turning away from doctrine. Number two, some very wrong associations. But hold on. You say, Pastor, what was it these folks, Paul said to them, you did run well. Man, you were doing excellent. He said, you were so, you were so blessed that you often spoke about it. You were sharing it with people, telling them, man, we're so blessed. God is so good. It's so good to be saved. He's talking to brethren here. But then Paul says, where is then this blessedness? You say, preacher, what was it that caused their joy to go away? Number one, a willful turning away from doctrine. Number two, some very wrong associations. But number three, look at this church, a woeful treatment of the brethren. Would you look at Galatians chapter five and verse number 13? Paul is challenging this church and he says in verse 13, he says, for brethren, there it is. Well, he's talking to Christian people. He's talking to church folk. For brethren, you've been called into liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion of the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now look at verse number 15. Paul says, but if ye bite and devour, well, that's interesting. If ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. Don't you love to do word studies? Boy, I do. He said, but if ye bite and devour. The word bite there means this. It means to wound the soul. To rend with reproaches. To reproach someone. But it goes a little further than that. The word bite means to cut. It means to lacerate. Boy, a lot of cutting going on in the churches today. A lot of lacerated folks. Boy, church members just cutting each other up. 
slicing each other up. And somebody said, be careful about having a sharp tongue. It may slit your own throat. Right. What's well, true, isn't it? And a lot of church members are just fussing and fighting and criticizing and cutting each other down. You say, well, preacher, he had it coming. Well, you know what? Last time I checked, I think God can take care of that. And so God didn't leave me the high sheriff, you know, of Union Grove, North Carolina. And, uh, and uh, God, God can take care of people and he, don't, he doesn't need me cutting them up and lacerating them up. Uh, bite to cut to lacerate. But then he says, but if you bite and devour one another. The word devour means to eat down. We would, we would use terms like this, knock down, tear down. That's what he's saying. He said, man, you were doing great. You, you were full of joy. And he said, all of a sudden, man, you started criticizing and complaining and murmuring and cutting each other down and cutting each other up and, and knocking each other down and tearing each other apart. And uh, uh, this guy's fussing with this guy and this lady's fussing with this lady and, and uh, she's saying something bad about her and, and she's saying something bad about this lady. And I mean, it's just back and, you know, tip and tap and all this kind of thing. And they're just going back and forth. And all of a sudden, Paul writes to the church and he says, man, you were doing great. And then he said, you lost your joy. You lost your blessedness. Oh, how happy you used to be. But he said, you lost your joy. Why? Because you were biting and devouring one another. Now, church, let me, let me help us tonight. We're about done. God's blessing the church is growing. Folks are coming in. Sometimes they're coming in so fast we can't even keep up with their names. But understand something. Uh, every once in a while, folks are going to come in and they're real good at this third point. They're real good. They're not good at preaching. They're not good at teaching. They're not good at singing in the choir. But they know how to cut. They know how to lacerate. Man, they know how to cut people down. They know how to knock folks down. But I want to tell you something that there's something we need to understand here, that that kind of treatment is indicative of people who are not walking in the Spirit. They're walking in the flesh. Everybody listening to me tonight? And you're in Galatians, Galatians chapter 5. Will you look there with me tonight? Galatians chapter 5, verse, verse number 19. Paul's very straightforward. The Holy Spirit's very straightforward here. Verse number 19, Galatians 5, verse number 19, Paul says, now the works of the flesh are manifest. In other words, they, they, work, they, they work their way to the surface. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft. Now, there's some interesting words. The next few words are very interesting. These are works of the flesh. Hatred, hatred. Now, what is hatred? Well, the word hatred there means this. It means hostility. Or it means hostile or angry behavior. So if we have folks that come into the church and they're just good at just getting angry with people, just don't take very much to set them off. Short fuse. And before you know it, boy, they're mad and stomping off and, and calling names and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to tell you something. Well, I hope one of these days I'll become a good preacher like Adrian Rogers. 
but tonight I ain't feeling it. Those people who come in the church like that and just cut, cut, cut people down and just act angry and hostile, let me tell you something, my dear friend. Don't come to me and try to tell me you're walking in the Spirit. My dear friend, I was born in the night, but I wasn't born last night. And I don't know all of this Bible, but I know a little bit of it. And I know enough to know this, that when you're that kind of person and you're just angry, 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 angry and always spouting off about something and always fussing with someone and always cutting somebody down and always getting angry about something, my Bible tells me very clearly that that is not walking in the Spirit. That is a work of the flesh. We might as well tell it like it is tonight. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. They, they make themselves known. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred. Look at the next word, variance. Well, that's an interesting word too. The word variance means, it means strife. Or you'll love this one, debate. Debate. Well, let's just debate. Does it really matter? No, but let's do it anyway. Let's just stir something up. I tell you what, hey, I, I got a good, let's just stir something up on social media. Gonna glorify Jesus? Nah. Well, let's do it anyway. Let's just stir something up on social media. Let's just try to get some folks mad and stirred up and bent out of shape and sideways with the Lord. And, uh, and by the way, I'm walking in the spirit. I doubt it, friend. But there's another word, hatred, variance, and then it says emulations. The word emulations, it's sort of similar to hatred. It means heated rivalry. Heated rivalry. Like it's a, like we're a, like it's a competition or something, like we're competing against one another. Church, we're not competing against one another. We're all on the same team. We're all, listen, we're all uh, serving the same captain and we're all uh, trying to accomplish the same goal. And, and uh, listen, if someone is, gets seen a little bit more than you, well, uh, evidently the Lord sort of orchestrated that. Don't worry about that, good gracious. You just do what God's told you to do and stay in your lane and, and just serve God and, and uh, you let God take care of all that. Uh, and so this is not a competition. And so hatred, parents, emulations. And then he said wrath, wrath. The word wrath there means anger forthwith boiling up. I'm not making this stuff up. It means this, allowing your temper to get out of control. And we have to watch that, church. Every one of us does, including me. We have to be very, very careful that we keep ourselves in check. Can I get an amen right there? And then it says strife. The word strife means contentious contentious. Boy, just, again, there's that idea of stirring something up, causing contention within the body. Don't forget, Paul's talking to Christian people here. Contentious. And then he says, seditions. You say, Pastor, what, what, what does that mean? The word seditions means division, causing division in the church. Causing division. Now, you don't have to turn. I'll just read it for you. You can jot it down if you want to. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 16, the Bible says this, These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven. 
If I read that right, God says there are six things I hate. And he said the seventh one's an abomination. You know what the seventh one is? And he that soweth discord among brethren. God said, I'm going to give you, I'm not even going to leave it to chance. I'm going to give you a list of some things I absolutely hate. And then he said, there's a seventh one. He said, it's an abomination. That person that goes around trying to sow discord among the brethren, God said, it's, it's, it's an absolute abomination. In fact, in fact, I want you to take your Bibles tonight and turn to Romans 16. We're, listen, the wheels are on the runway. We're going to bring this thing to a close. I want you to turn to the book of Romans tonight. Romans chapter 16. And I, w- I want to just give, give us tonight, I want to give us something that will help our church in the future. And I'm so glad God's been so good to us and God's blessing, like, um, God's blessing amazingly. But let me give you something from Scripture that will help us in the future Romans chapter 16 and verse number 17. Notice what our Bible says. Romans chapter 16 and verse number 17. If you found your place, say amen. All right, here we go. Romans 16 verse 17. Paul says to these folks, he says, Now I beseech you, brethren. I beg you. I beseech you, brethren. He says, Mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned. And look at the last three words. And what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to avoid them. Now, you love everybody, and I'm supposed to love everybody, and we're supposed to be kind to everybody. People ought to see Jesus in us. But every once in a while, and thank God it doesn't happen very often, but every once in a while, I promise you something, Satan's gonna try to, he's gonna try to bring some folks in. And, and, and their goal is not for the choir to grow. Their goal is not for the Sunday school to grow. Their goal is not for more people to be saved. But they're going to try to cause divisions. And Paul, the Spirit of God, I mean, Paul just penned it. The Spirit of God is telling us this. And the Spirit of God said, you mark those people. And he said, you avoid them. Avoid them. And so you say, preacher, what was it that, that stole the Galatians' joy? Number one, a willful turning away from doctrine. Some very wrong associations, a woeful treatment of the brethren. We're done tonight. Number four, last of all, we see a failing to walk in the Spirit. Now, Galatians chapter five, look back there. We're done tonight. Galatians chapter five, and look, if you will, at verse number 16. Galatians chapter five and verse number 16 Notice what the Spirit of God tells us. Galatians chapter five, verse number 16, Paul says to this Galatian church that has lost their joy, they've lost their blessedness, and he says in verse 16, this I say then, after all these things, he said, this I say then, you've lost your joy, but so this I say then, he said, walk in the the Spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. By the way, if God says something once, it's important, but if God says something twice, he's trying to emphasize something. And if God says something twice in a row, he's definitely trying to prioritize something. And so he not only says that in verse number 16, but he says it in verse number 25. He repeats it. Verse 25, he said, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Now, you say, Pastor, why is that important? Here's the reason. Because the Word of God tells us directly that a fruit of the Spirit is joy. It's joy. Again, it's all right here in Galatians. Galatians 5, verse number 22. The Bible says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, 
In other words, if you and I are walking in the Spirit of God, you know what's going to happen? We're going to have blessedness. We're going to have joy. It doesn't mean your circumstances are all going to be going good. It doesn't mean that you're going to get the job you want necessarily. It doesn't mean you're going to drive, you know, a Mercedes. It doesn't mean that uh, you may have the car you want. But, I, but I'm telling you this, that if you and I will walk in the Spirit of God, the Bible says that we are going to bear some fruit. The Spirit of God is going to bear some fruit through us. And one of those fruits is this. There is going to be joy in our life. Do you know why an apple tree bears apples? Because it's an apple tree. Do you know why? You go out and visit Brother Zach and they're everywhere. Man, people's backyards. Everybody's got an orange tree. Grapefruit tree. Their oranges growing everywhere. You know why an orange tree bears oranges? Because it's an orange tree. You know why a spirit-filled Christian has joy? Because they're walking in the Spirit. You don't have to turn there. In fact, you can close your Bibles. We're done. How many remember the story in Acts chapter 16? The Bible says, Paul and Silas, remember the story where there's a demon-possessed young lady and she is heckling them for several days? And the Bible says that Paul, after many days, the Bible says that Paul is grieved in the Spirit. And the Bible says that Paul cast the demon out and those men who were making money off of her, they, they saw that the hope of their gains were gone. And so they brought false accusation charges against Paul and Silas. And the Bible says that they take Paul and Silas, they rip their clothes off, they beat them. And the Bible says after laying many stripes upon them, uh, and the Bible tells us after the, the, the jailer, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison. It's what we call the Mamertine Jail. You say, what in the words, what's a mamertine jail preacher? Well, basically, church, it's a hole. I mean, really, that's what it was. It's like a hole. No light, full of rodents, filth, down there in darkness. They're not only in the mamertine prison, but the Bible says they're in fetters and chains. I mean, circumstances are bleak. And yet our Bible tells us in Acts chapter 16, verse number 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Here, there, the blood is running down their backs. After laying many stripes upon them, the blood is trickling down their backs. They're down here in fetters and chains in this Mamertine jail, and yet when midnight comes, they're singing and praising God. And somebody says, man, pastor, what in the world? What would possess Paul and Silas, to, uh, to have joy in the circumstances they were in. You know what it was? They were walking in the Spirit of God. And when you walk in the Spirit, the Spirit of God bears fruit, and part of that fruit is joy. You ever wonder how, you ever wonder how these little missionaries come through our church? And they have given it all. They live in mama, they're leaving mama and daddy, they're leaving they, they sell their house. They're moving to Bulgaria, Nigeria. Man, they're moving to all over, uh, you know, these little places all around the world can't even speak the same language. And then they come in here, man, they're just full of joy and life. And they're like, church, this is where we're going. We can't wait to get there. And we're so excited. And we hope you'll partner with us. And, and sometimes you look at those missionaries, you think, man, what in the world? I mean, just sold their house and their 
pulling their kids out of school and taking their family uh, clear around the world and yet they're just smiling and, and electric and happy and you say, wow, preacher, what in the world? I'll tell you what in the world. When you walk in the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is joy. God's gonna bear joy through your life. I read this story this week. Author Leo Biscaglia tells this story about his mother and what he referred to as their, quote, misery dinner. It was the night after his father came home and said it looked as if he would have to go into bankruptcy because his partner had departed with their firm's funds. His mother went out and sold some jewelry to buy food for a sumptuous feast. Other members of the family scolded her for it, but she told them this, that the time for joy is now when we need it most, not next week. And that little courageous act, they said, rallied her family. Let me tell you the reason I told that story because Calvary, the time for joy is now. It's now. You know what this world and this area needs to see at Calvary Baptist Church? They need to see some folks that are blessed. They need to walk into a church where people are smiling and happy and loving each other and and, uh, folks ought to walk in and think, wow, what in the world? Man, what's going on here? I've never seen anything like this. You know what? The time for joy is now. We don't have time to wait. We don't have time to to, to hesitate, to procrastinate. This world's lost and going to hell. And we're going to have to have some churches and some church folks who walk in the Spirit of God and are full of the joy of the Lord. Would you bow your heads with me tonight? Father, thank you for this time we've had together tonight. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to be full of joy. God, help us to help us never to lose that blessedness. And Lord, we, like those Galatian people, we can say we're blessed because we really are, Lord. We're blessed at Calvary Baptist Church. God, you've been so amazingly good to us and so good to me and my family. And God, you've saved me and saved my wife and you've saved my kids and God, you've poured your blessings out upon our people and so many have been saved. God, we've seen you do so many wonderful, miraculous things. We're we're right smack dab in the middle of a miracle tonight. Lord, there's no explanation for this beautiful place outside of the Lord. God, we're blessed. And I pray tonight, Father, that you'd help us never, never to lose that blessedness. Father, would you help us tonight? Would you give us some folks at Calvary who tomorrow when they walk into the job, some folks will say, by the grace of God, I'm gonna walk in blessed. I'm gonna walk into my job with blessedness. I'm gonna walk into my class with blessedness. Next time I see my family and friends, they're gonna see some joy. They're, gonna, they're not going to have to ask, where's your blessedness at? Lord, I want them to see the joy of the Lord in and through my life. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed tonight. I wonder how many are here this evening 
And you say, Pastor, if I die tonight, I know beyond a doubt, I know that I'm born again and I'm on my way to heaven without anybody looking. If you know that tonight, would you just slip your hand up? You say, Preacher, I know that I'm saved. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Wonderful. Can I ask you this, though? Is there one anywhere here tonight? And you may have to raise it up and sort of wave at me tonight so I don't miss you. But is there one here tonight would say, Pastor, I want to go to heaven, but I'm not sure about it. And I want you to pray for me. And right now, you'd slip up your hand and let me remember you in prayer. I'll not come back and try to pull you down the aisle. I just want to pray for you. And you'd say, Preacher, pray for me right now. And I don't know for sure that I'm saved. And you'd slip your hand up. Is there one? anywhere tonight. Pastor, remember me. Remember me tonight. Pray for me. Just wave at me tonight. Is there one anywhere tonight? Without anybody looking. I wonder how many here tonight who would say, Preacher, I've sort of lost my blessedness. I had some things come in my life, some circumstances, man, the devil sort of threw me a curveball. Boy, I swung at it. Man, I sort of lost my joy. I lost my blessedness. Preacher, I really need you to pray for me tonight. Without anybody looking tonight, you just slip your hand up right now. Pray for me. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. We're going to pray tonight. Oh, Calvary, can I remind us the joy of the Lord is our strength, the Bible says. If you're here tonight, in just a moment, I'm going to ask some of our personal workers to make their way to the front. And if you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I've sort of lost my joy, the altars are going to be open. You don't have to pray with anybody, but we'll have some folks here if you want someone to pray with you. And I want you to come tonight because there's joy with Jesus. I want you to come. Would you stand with us all around the house tonight? Father, thank you so much for letting us be here tonight. And Lord, thank you for this uh, very simple message tonight, but I, I, hope it, uh, I hope it made sense, and I hope it spoke to hearts. Father, would you help us to walk in the Spirit every day? Would you help us to walk in the Spirit and Spirit of God, would you bear joy through our life and through our attitude and our, our, uh, our testimony? I pray you would. Father, some folks tonight maybe that are struggling. In fact, I know there are There's quite a few that raise their hands. Lord, they've lost that blessedness. And maybe tonight folks would come to an old-fashioned altar and just take a moment and get with the Lord and say, Lord, would you give me my blessedness back? Lord, give me my joy back again. Father, have your way tonight in the invitation. Speak to hearts, please, and we thank you. I'm going to invite you to come right now. Folks, uh, folks are coming. Would you come tonight? Would you come? Just find a place. That's right. Folks are getting some help tonight. Would you come? If you're watching the live stream right now and you don't know that you know that you know that you're saved, I want you to do something right now. I want you to reach for your phone. And I want you to call the number on your screen, 704-327-5662. If you're listening by way of podcast or SoundCloud, or I want you to call that number, 
327-5662. I want you to call that number. And someone will eventually get to you. We want to try to help you tonight. Oh, listen, Calvary, let's never lose our blessedness. Don't ever lose your blessedness. We're going to pause just for a moment, all right, while folks are doing business with the Lord. The invitation's still open. Our folks are up here in the front. If you need prayer, you come tonight while we wait.